John the Video Guy, and you are listening to The Post Show. On today's episode, I am joined with Scott Morrison of Discovery Photo. Scott started his photography business back in 1991 and is now celebrating his 30th year in business. In this episode, we take a look back at how he became a full-time photographer, as well as some camera and photography advice for those just starting out in the industry. So without further ado, please help me welcome Scott Morrison to the show. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How you doing? It's been a while, um, you know, with the pandemic and everything. How, how's life been? Life's been okay. The pandemic was kind of hard. You know, I'm in the kind of entertainment industry here. And so uh, it hit us harder than most industries, you know, the restaurants and entertainment. Um, but yeah, I, I survived. We had little jobs here and there that kept me going. So it, was, it wasn't too bad. Awesome. And uh, for those that don't know you, you started your own business as a photographer, Discovery Photo. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the early days, how you started your company and how it's grown? Sure. Well, um, this is my 30th year in business. So I uh, originally started as a hobbyist, just taking pictures. Um, and I strive to be better, though the pictures I were taking were just okay. And uh, I eventually, you know, those back in the day of libraries, I went and got some books and took some classes on photography and really liked it. And my photography started getting better and better as I, as I went on. And people started asking me, says, hey, can, can you help me with, you know, we have seen your pictures. Can you help me? You know, I need a headshot. And I was like, sure, I can do that. And, and pretty soon um, my hobby kind of extra job became a full-time job that was much more fun, much more lucrative. And I was my own boss. So I eventually quit my real job and started to become a photographer full-time. Very cool. And what were you doing before you became a full-time photographer, just for context? Traveling salesman. So I, I traveled about three or four states. And that's that's where I really wanted to, to where I developed my uh, photography because I would go to cool locations. I'm, I'm done like at six o'clock at night. And it's like, now what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit in a bar, sit in a hotel, uh, you know, coffee shop or something. So I went out and, and uh, you know, explored these little towns. And I was like, wow, this is cool. So I bought myself a really nice camera and was underwhelmed with the the pictures I was actually getting. So that's why I, you know, started learning and practicing. And pretty soon it it became, you know, something I was really proud of and happy with the results. Very cool. And, you know, as a salesman, you probably traveled to a lot of different areas. What's Which one was your favorite? Gosh, well, I was in Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, and Ohio. So there were some small towns in that's kind of like Southern Indiana, uh, Ohio, right along, right along the borders where they had these beautiful landscapes and, and waterfalls. And that's where I got addicted to taking pictures of waterfalls and, you know, the different ways to capture waterfall. And that's really where I, where I cut my teeth into the, uh, the whole photography thing. Very cool. And you touched on something, you started as a hobbyist, which today is, I think, really relevant because I think what we're starting to see happen is a lot of people start these side hustles, whether it's video, photography, and I kind of want to get your perspective since you started as a hobbyist and you transitioned out of a full-time job 
and became your own company, what tips and advice would you have for other people that are trying to convert their side hustle into their full-time career? Well, it's kind of tough. I mean, back when, when I started 30 years ago, photographers were, you know, they, they weren't as popular now. Everybody with an iPhone is now a photographer. Um, so that, that makes it a little bit harder. So the advice would follow your dreams because that's kind of what I did. I, I, I had two kids going into college and I was a little afraid of, you know, jumping into this, this world of the unknown when I had a good high paying job that uh, brought in a, a paycheck every week. So you got to have, you know, maybe a little bit of money in the, in the bank to get started. But once you do and you, you follow your dreams and your passion, it's, it's like there's, there's no turning back. It would be so hard to, to have a, a real nine to five job now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people are, are like on that cliff where they really love the hobby that they are doing, but they're they're too afraid to quit the full-time job. So logistically, what advice do you have? Would you say kind of just build up like some cash reserves, quit and like have a plan going uh, forward or? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have a plan and you have to have a, you know, there's there's one thing, there's a lot of artists that are incredible artists. They're horrible business people. And that's kind of where they fail. And I had a degree in business. So that kind of gave me a, a head start as to what to do to uh, get things going. And, you know, I had a business plan, things I wanted to accomplish and a year to year, day to day sort of thing. That really helped out a lot because just to say, hey, I'm a photographer. Now, what do I do? Well, you have to advertise yourself. You have to promote yourself. No one's going to do it for you. And, you know, you got to remember that, gosh, I'm the only one in the company. So I got to mop the floors. I got to do the advertising. I'm the bookkeeper and I'm also the photographer. So everything relies on you. It's there's no secondary person or, oh, yeah, I'll just let them do it. You know, there is no them to do it. It was me. And I had to do everything. And I accepted that challenge. And, you know, 30 years later, I'm still doing it. That's awesome. And congratulations, man. 30 years in business. That's, that's amazing. It is. I, you know, I, I, I think back and go, wow, is it, it, has it been that long? And I'm like, well, yeah, I started in 1991. So, yep, this is my 30th year. Very cool. And, you know, as a business, being in business for 30 years, you probably have seen so many, you know, technological advances, you know, during that time from, you know, the old cameras to the new equipment coming out now. What would you say is the biggest hurdle, you know, going from one technological advancement to the other? Well, I started off in film and shooting with film is a whole lot different from digital. There we used light meters and it was, you know, you, you took these pictures and it wasn't a week till you actually saw what you took. You know, you, you send in your pictures, you take them to a lab and gosh, did everything work out? Was my, was my camera settings right? Did I, did I do everything right? And there's all that anticipation. So you become technically much better because you have to have consistent results every single time if you're doing this professionally. You know, there's there's no going back to a wedding if your settings were wrong and everything is blown out or it's too dark or out of focus. So nowadays it's it's much easier because you you take that picture and you look at the back of your camera and goes, Yeah, that looks pretty good. Okay. So you take the next picture and the next picture. Well, back then you didn't really have that luxury. So we had uh, light meters and it took a little more time. And when 
for example, a wedding, when you have 15 people in a bridal party, you go, okay, I have 36 pictures on this roll. I have to, I can only take two pictures per person. I got to save it. And then I got to save one for when we turn around. And, you know, so you had to pace yourself with the pictures. Now I could take 3000 pictures without changing a card. So, I mean, that, that's another big change and, and, the, and the cost of, of processing. Um, I, don't, I don't care how many pictures I take. I take as many as I need to, to get the job done. Absolutely. It, it is amazing these days with how big the cards are. You know, you can just take thousands and thousands of photos. All right. So, you know, you mentioned waterfalls and I know you're in the wedding business. What are the fav- your favorite photo shoots to be a part of? Um, I love the wildlife and nature. I love going out, hiking, finding a beautiful spot and just sitting there. And first off, enjoying being out in nature and enjoying the, the, the quiet or the, or the sound of the water falling um, and then setting up a camera and trying to capture my emotion of listening to that waterfall. And whether it's really loud and you capture it with a very fast shutter speed and you see all the little you know, droplets of water and it looks powerful or to have it a nice, peaceful and, and tranquil kind of environment where you hear the birds chirping and it's just a soft sound of a waterfall. So you use a long exposure and you get that like a cotton candy effect. It's very, a very soothing uh, effect. And it's, it's totally different. It could be the same waterfall. Just, you know, that was my, my emotion or the, the feeling that I had when I was sitting there as to how, I, how, how I will capture it and the, the, the shutter speed that I will use to, to, to portray what I felt that at that moment. That's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very cool how the camera you gonna you know you can change the settings on it and get many different feelings or like you know emotions that come out of the photo. Right, and that's why when when I, I tell people you know about shooting, they go, "Oh yeah, it has that." You know, I, I just put it to program and I, I shoot and I get really good results. But it's not always the result you want or or it saw in your head. So by shooting manual and learning the exposure triangle and the cause and effect of all your the various settings, um, that's when the true artist will come out. And that's when you could really express yourself and show what you mean when you take that picture, instead of just letting the camera make all those decisions. You make the decisions and then it's, it's, a, it's a reflection on you. Absolutely. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your work? Uh, the fact that at the end of the day, I have something I could show for it. Like if you're an accountant, you, you balance numbers and it's a very important job, but you move papers from one side of your desk to the other. Cool. All right. Well, that's one thing me. So someone says, what did you do today? I could turn my camera around or I could show them my phone and go, look at this. I was at this waterfall. We got this beautiful image and oh, it was just wonderful. And that's, what's great about social media because an accountant, when you advertise, you know, you try to talk about your business. What do you show me? I, I, I show, you know, the beautiful wedding I was at the, the, uh, I, I did a, you know, a, a photo shoot at a sunset on, on the water and it's just, it's beautiful. I, I could show people what I did. And at the end of the day, I have something tangible that I have created that wasn't there the day before. And now it, now, now it exists. And, you know, that, that's the artistic end of it. That, that is really satisfying that I have something I could actually show what I, what, what, what did you do today? I did this. And they're like, wow, that's cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think art is very specific to that, where you get to see like an end result or an end product, you know? It's a physical end product that you you can share. Absolutely. And if people are kind of searching for something or like purpose in their work, maybe they're not in art specifically. What advice would you have for like that accountant or that person that's trying to find I don't know, like a purpose or meaning in their work? Well, I mean, all, all these jobs, they are important. I don't mean to, you know, go call and count not, not important, but have a hobby, have something uh, that you can release and go back on. And, you know, all right, work is, is tough and, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're tired at the end of the day. What relaxes you? Is it sitting out in the backyard with a beer or is it, you know, sketching the flower that you see in your backyard or, you know, just ha- have some sort of release, some sort of thing that you can do to uh, to ch- kind of change gears from everyday life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm super fortunate that I look forward to work every single day. Every day is a, is, is a different photo shoot, whether it's a product shot, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a modeling portfolio, business headshots, you know, it, it's something different every day and another chance to be creative. And it's, uh, for me, it's fun. I look forward to work and, you know, I. I know a lot of people that every day, you know, they, they show up just for the paycheck. I show up for the, the challenge of being creative. Okay, this this is going to be a difficult one. You know, haven't been to this location. What are the unknowns? And then you get like, oh, this is really cool. I like this area. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you make the best of everything. You know, it's not, you know, it's the lighting isn't good today. Well, let's see. How else can we change the lighting so that it's a beautiful shot? Oh, let's turn them around. Let's backlight them instead of having the sun in their eyes and them all squinty. You know, and you don't go to locations or, you know, you're not familiar with something. Um, you have to, you know, be able to uh, adapt very quickly. Yeah. And now I'm kind of curious, since you are a live event photographer, you know, anything can happen. So what has been, yeah, what has been like the biggest hurdle, like at an event, you know, and you don't know the atmosphere, how can you adjust in that situation? Well, that's kind of what it is. The best thing is to know your equipment really well. Um, shooting manual always always helps um, and be really comfortable with every bit of your equipment. The other thing is have backup equipment. Um, luckily, I haven't had to use it very often, but you know, you're, you're doing something and you don't get a second chance when you're doing event photography. So everything has to work perfectly every time. And if something happens to go down and it's not working the way it should, have a second camera, have a second flash, have more batteries than 10 people could use at 15 events. Um, and that's what I always do. I always have, you know, two flashes, two cameras, at least two cameras. And, uh, you know, just know all of them. And, and the two cameras are absolutely identical. They're set up the same. So I could pick one up or pick the other one up. It makes absolutely no difference. It's not like, oh, this one takes these batteries. I better make sure I have, you know, the the NP batteries with me instead of the LP batteries because, you know, they, they all take the same batteries. They're all set up exactly the same. So I could pick one up, pick the other one up, and I'm ready to go. And uh, stay calm. If, if something is going wrong, don't let everybody know because then, then it just, you know, adds to it. Just ah, take a deep breath and move on, keep going. Yeah. I think that even translates over to video as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If you have two different cameras and you know, it's, it, it's tough to make sure that you have the right SD cards and it's set up the same. Now you don't have to go through like 10 menus to get to where you were with the other camera. You just pick it up and go. And you know, 
I found that, you know, it's, it's, it's the easy way out just to, to be prepared and, and know your equipment really well. If something is acting weird, don't just say, ah, we'll deal with it in post. You know, that, that's, that, that's what kills me every time. Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's too bright, too dark. So yeah, we'll just fix it in post. No, you won't. Yeah. It's, it's much better to get it right in camera. That way, when I'm done, I'm pretty much done. I don't have to sit in front of a computer for fixing my mistakes for the next two days. No one likes doing that, you know. Well, on that note, after all, this is the post show. So I'm kind of curious, what are your favorite aspects of editing photos, if there is? Or do you shoot for, like, the final product? Or is there anything that you do in post? Um, well, I, I shoot raw. So the raw files have to be processed. So I use I use Lightroom to to you know use post production. I use that for sorting out the good files and doing global changes. So like if if they're a little light, little dark, the color temperature is a little off, I could fix all that with Lightroom. And then you export them, and you have your your in theory finished product. Now if there's details that have to be done as far as you know taking care of acne, taking get, getting rid of an exit sign over a bride's head as she's coming in the in the church, that's all done in Photoshop. Um, and as far as enjoying post-production, sitting in front of a computer, not so much, but it is a chance to be creative with, all right, you have a good image. Let's make it a great image. Let's, let, let's do something really cool with it. Let's, let's make it black and white. Let's, let's add some, you know, color to it. Let's, you know, enhance something. Let's, you know, do something different with it. Um, you know, that's always fun. Also, I get a lot of, um, photo restoration jobs. And it's it's great to look at a picture, you go, oh, that's that's impossible. There's no way I can fix this. There's a big scratch through her face and there's no eyes. And and then, you know, you say, okay, well, let me just start here. And, start. and then pretty soon it's like, wow, that looks great. And, you know, just magically you took a, a picture that they were going to throw out of the only known picture of their grandmother and you bring it back to life. And that, that, that's also really rewarding to do photo restoration. Wow. That's pretty cool. And do you have any tips for photo restoration? Which software do you use for that? Um, I use, I use exclusively Photoshop. Um, just take your time. And if you do a super high resolution scan, I, I have a, a high resolution scanner. It scans it like a 1200 DPI zoom in, clean everything up. And a lot of times the, the hardest thing is that, Older prints tend to be very dirty and they tend to have uh, a lot of uh, artifacts within them from the original print process because they didn't, you know, they didn't clean off the, the, the lens when, when they made that uh, print. And so there's a lot of like little hairs and dust and, you know, so that's, it just takes a lot of time to, you know, everyone is a click, you know, I, okay, you, you know, you, you clone this out, you clone that out, you create this, you change your levels and, you know, it just, it just takes a lot of time, but it's but it's rewarding, you know, to, to have some, you know, like I said, the finished product at the end is like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Look how good that looks. So very cool. Awesome. Well, I think a good way to end the podcast is, you know, we are entering into a very you know, new time with all these new types of cameras coming out and equipment. And you've been around the block for a while, you know, with old film and stuff. So I'm interested on your take of, you know, all the new cameras coming out, lenses. What's your recommendation for anyone starting out in photography? Well, get the best camera you can afford. So, if you, if, you know, if you're someone with a $5,000 budget, of course, you're a lot different from the person with a $500 budget. 
as to what camera you're going to buy. So get the best camera you can afford. And remember the fact that every few years you're going to replace your, your camera body. They're going to come up with something new, cool, and there's a lot of wearing parts in there. What you won't be replacing are your lenses. I have lenses that are from when I started. I have 30-year-old lenses that I still use on a daily basis. That technology has not changed as much. Um, so still so the, the film lenses I have, I have a 50 millimeter that I still use. I have a hundred macro I still use. Um, those are incredible lenses. They're super sharp and they're 30 years old. You know, take care of them. But, the, you know, so spend your money on, on the lenses because you'll keep those a long time. Tripods, spend your money on those because, you know, they, again, I, mine is probably 15 years old. And I haven't, you know, I've, I've had it in for service because, well, you take it to a beach and you get sand in it, you're going to need some help. Um, but just, you know, just take care of your equipment and get the, get the best you can afford at the time. And you could always upgrade. That's a very interesting point. And I'm kind of curious now, when you change the body of the camera, how do you manage if you switch from one camera make to another the different lens mounts do you do you, what recommendations do you have to kind of you know make sure the lenses look the same per body type i'm kind of lucky because i started with canon and i'm still with canon so you know the ef lenses they they haven't changed really they have the, the same mounts um now that they have the the new uh mirrorless they do have a slightly different mount and they they're using new lenses for those um i have not gone mirrorless yet I shoot a Canon 5D Mark IV. Um, we have a, a special edition that has camera log, which is kind of like a, a raw format for the, the camera that, it, that extends its uh, the dynamic range. So that's kind of what I shoot. It's a 4K, so I could shoot video with it, and I do my, my still photography with it, wireless internet, um, so you can you know wirelessly tether monitors to it, which is, which is great. So the new, new technology really, um, I've, I've embraced it and I, I love it. You know, every time I get a new camera, it's like, wow, look at this. It has, it's a touch screen. Wow. You know, and, you know, the, for the first ones, they, you know, they didn't have anything in the back. It was just, you know, a, a little window so you could see the film. Very cool. And, you know, lenses can be expensive. So if someone's starting out, what range of focal lengths would you recommend getting first? Um. Well, my favorite lens, the, the lens I use the most is a 24 to 70. Um, I have one that's a, it's a really fast one. It's a 2.8. Um, and for that, you pay an extra uh, <laughs> almost $2,000. So you can get the, the lower price one for in the three to $500 price range. And then when you go to the, the faster, you know, a little better glass in, in can, it's called the L series. You, you pay a lot more for it, but I use it absolutely every day. And, you know, I, I make money with it. So you, you, you should spend more money. But if you're just a hobbyist, you could get there's other companies, you know, Tamarack and uh, a few others that are about half the cost of a Canon lens and, and they'll do just great. And don't be afraid of buying used lenses. You know, as long as no one drops them, they should last you a good long time. Very good. Awesome advice. Thanks, Scott. Well, with that, I want to thank you for joining me on the post show today. And if people are interested in reaching out and hiring you for events or for photography, how can they re reach out to you? Well, I got a beautiful website that shows uh, uh, the wide variety of things I do, which is 
discoveryphotoonline.com. And you can go there and check out all kinds of interesting photos. Um, and you can call me if you want at 216-310-7722. Um, call me, leave a message, and I'll get back to you. Uh, you can email me at discoveryphoto at gmail.com. I love that you added the phone number because all the people I've talked to so far are like, oh, here's my Instagram handle. But that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm old, you know. So as old people, we, we still like doing things by the by a, by a phone call. So, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times I, I, I screen my phone calls, especially after hours, because there's, there's just so many, you know, scams and uh, all those you know, not real phone calls in, in, you know, mine is a business line. It still happens, but you know, call me. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me here today uh, on the post show, Scott. Sure. No problem. Thank you for having me. That was great. I want to thank Scott again. If you'd like to reach out to Scott, I've added his contact information down below in the show notes. If you like the podcast so far, please follow us and share it with people you believe can benefit from our conversations. You can also go to my website, johnthevideoguy.com forward slash post show to see all of our episodes. We look forward to talking to you soon.